Welcome to Weekly Wisdom from Jubilee Circle. We teach the common wisdom of love and unity that is found in all mainstream religions, metaphysical teachings, mysticism, and inspired secular and religious writers and teachers throughout the ages. Our goal is to help you connect with your higher divine self and transform from the inside out so you can become a force for love and transformation in the world. Each week, we bring you wisdom from our founding spiritual director, Reverend Candace Shalhoub, and other guest speakers. We hope you enjoy this week's Words of Wisdom. So we had an election last week. You know, in many ways, this, this midterm was historic. I mean, this is the first time in 90 years that the party in power hasn't been outright replaced by the party not in power. Still, there's a battle going on for that ultimate control of our government here in the United States. Now, I have long taught the metaphysical law that the world around us is a direct reflection of the world within us. And it's clear from what we can see after this election, collectively, we still haven't quite yet decided who is in power within ourselves. We are, we're schizophrenic. We are, we've always been a schizophrenic nation. The battle for whether love or fear will control the inner world is still one that is going on because it's evidenced by the battle we see outside of ourselves. Out here is in gridlock because in here is in gridlock. But I'll tell you, I'm really heartened because I really, th I really thought that fear would overwhelmingly win the day. But it hasn't. Not by a long shot. Love is still in the game, and not only that, the game is never over until love ultimately wins. The good news is we all have the power we need to hand control over to love, both within and then, of course, without. It's a little thing called surrender. Instead of adjusting ourselves to the world's idea of what power and control looks like, we surrender ourselves to the love and the joy and the peace that is already within us, within all of us, just waiting for us to elect it to be our leader. <laughs> Cast all your votes for dancing, Rumi once said. This morning, jubilance, think about who you have already elected to control your inner world. It will be evident because one of those rulers will make you say, oh, no, but the other ruler will always make you say, oh, oh yeah. yeah. Hear these wise and holy words. Ding. 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 <laughs> Order up. From Order up. <laughs> Eggs. <laughs> well, of course, in Miracles, chapter 20. Okay. You make the world and then adjust to it and then to you. Nor is there any difference between yourself and it in your perception, which made them both. A simple question yet remains and needs an answer. Do you like what you have made? A world of murder and attack through which you thread your timid way through constant dangers, alone and frightened, hoping at most that death will wait a little longer before it overtakes you and you disappear. You made this up. It is a picture of what you think you are, of how you see yourself. Have you not wondered what the world is really like, how it would look through happy eyes? The world, the world you see is but a judgment of yourself, on yourself. It is not there at all. 
Yet, judgment lays a sentence on it, justifies it, and makes it real. Such is the world you see, a judgment on yourself and made by you. This sickly picture of yourself is carefully preserved by the ego whose image it is and which it loves and placed outside you in the world. And to this world must you adjust as long as you believe this picture is outside and has you at its mercy. This world is merciless, and where were it outside you, you should indeed be fearful. Yet, it was you who made it merciless, and now, if mercilessness seems to look back at you, it can be corrected. From Michael Singer's book, Living Untethered. It is not the planet causing you to suffer. It's the stuff you have stored inside. In essence, you are causing yourself to be unhappy, and then you're going outside and demanding that the world somehow make you happy. The world cannot make you happy while you're inside making yourself unhappy. You have to work on letting go of the root cause of suffering. The spiritual path is always about letting go of yourself. Your natural state is so beautiful. You are whole and complete within yourself. It simply depends on your willingness to work with energies. If you do, your entire relationship with this world will transform into something very beautiful. <coughs> what you were trying to get from the outside will now naturally be going on inside. <coughs> you will become filled with love and ecstasy. And from Buddhist teacher and author Tara Brock, taking our hands off the controls and pausing is an opportunity to clearly see the wants and fears that are driving us. During the moments of a pause, we become conscious of how we, the feeling that something is missing or wrong keeps us leaning into the future on our way somewhere else. This gives us a fundamental choice in how we respond. We can continue our futile attempts at managing our experience, or we can meet our vulnerability with the wisdom of radical acceptance. These are wise and holy words. Thanks be to the holy. All creation is holy word. All creation speaks volumes of the holy. Hallelujah. Oh, yeah. When I was in high school, I had one of the coolest jobs in the world. I worked at a record store. Yeah. Record store? What's that? <laughs> it's like a bookstore, only it had records. Records? What? Records are making a comeback. I see vinyl everywhere these days. Wow. I got rid of my collection, but geez, I had a big collection. But one of our favorite ways to pass the time at the record store was to sit around and imagine if we became president, who would we put in our cabinet? Right, I was like 16 at the time, so, so maybe Frank Zappa as education secretary, right? Bruce Springsteen as Secretary of State. Warren Zevon as Defense Minister. <laughs> then we map out our plans about how we would rule the world. Free medical care, free education, free records <laughs> for everybody. We spent hours, we solved all the world's problems while we sold albums, singles, and eight-track tapes. <laughs> what are those? <laughs> do you know what I, do you know? Yeah. So the best thing about eight-track tapes was that they would fade the song and then it would change the track so the song, they'd be singing la 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 ka-chunk, la 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 and it would fade back in. 
Man, I miss eight track days. <laughs> Not, I really don't. But we were convinced back there in the record store, as I suspect we all probably are, that the world would be very different if we were in charge. We'd be the ones making all the rules that others would have to adjust their lives to. We probably we were probably all still playing that game, but here's the thing. Here's the thing. We have already adjusted ourselves to the insanity of this world. And whenever we play the if I ruled the world game, we're still just in that insane world. Now we're just rearranging the deck chairs on the Titanic. We do exactly what our reading from A Course in Miracles says we do. And I know nobody was paying attention, so I'll tell you again. <laughs> Everybody zones out on the readings. They're like, what are we having for lunch? No? Okay, good. <laughs> All right. The teacher, the teacher is on the front row and she is paying attention. Yes. Thank you. <laughs> so a course says, you make the world and then adjust to it and it to you. Power is always changing hands in this world. Our guys win and we're elated. Then our guys fail to deliver, so the other guys win and we're outraged. And then they fail to produce results, so we vote the other guys in again. And the vicious circle of seek but do not find just goes round and round and round and round. We're on the little hamster wheel into infinity and beyond. No matter how it all turns out, though, we just adjust ourselves to it. Oh, well, this is how it's going to be for at least the next two to four years. Whatever. It could be this way forever and ever. I'm in. And then we go about our business, hating each other for voting wrongly, blaming everybody else for how crappy the world has become. A course asks us this morning to stop for a minute, breathe deeply, and ponder this one very important question that can help us stop adjusting ourselves to the crazy world around us. Here's the question, do you like what you have made? Do you like it? A world of murder and attack through which you thread your timid way through constant dangers alone and frightened, hoping at most that death will wait a little longer before it overtakes you and you disappear. You made this up. You made it up. It is a picture of what you think you are, of how you see yourself. Jubilance, this is the most important lesson that we can ever, ever learn. You made this world up. Through our joined, collective, insane ego consciousness, we have created a world of murder and attack. A dangerous world that keeps us feeling alone and frightened. Do you like it? It could use some tweaking. It could use some tweaking. <laughs> We're still playing the game of if I ruled the world, where we just change the actors in power without actually getting to the root cause of the misery that we have created for ourselves. If you don't like the insane world that we have created, here's a thought, stop adjusting yourself to it. Don't play its games. Don't learn its rules. Stop pandering to its demands because you think it will get you something. There is nothing in this insane ego-ruled world that you want. There's nothing worth having. That's a little hint in next week. <laughs> 
about the prosperity gospel. It's all impermanent. It's all fleeting. It is all totally meaningless. Money, fame, fortune, power, all the things the ego says is the root of our prosperity and happiness. It doesn't bring us either. It simply leaves us poorer and unhappier than when we started this crazy game. So what do we do? Stop looking out here. Stop looking at the circumstances that we think makes us happy. Stop trying to create a world out here that will be just the way you want it to be so you don't have to feel any pain or suffering in here. We stop trying to control how the world shows up in front of us. Instead, we learn how to change the only world we can. And that's the world you carry around inside of you all the time. As teacher and author Michael Singer puts it, it's not the planet causing you to suffer, it's the stuff you've stored inside. In essence, you're causing yourself to be unhappy, then you're going outside and demanding that the world somehow make you happy. The world can't make you happy while you're inside making yourself unhappy. You have to work on letting go of the root cause of suffering, he says. The spiritual path is always about letting go of yourself, that small s, self. So how do we do that? I propose that we begin by watching our language. Because what we speak into this world creates something on every level. If we can learn to speak that eternal language of love, we will begin to rule the only world that matters. The one within that ultimately has the power to create the one without. Breathe deeply. It was author George Orwell who introduced the idea of how language is used to control not just our speech, but our actions and our thoughts. He coined words like doublespeak and newspeak in his novel 1984. Groupthink. Group the goal of this new language was to forbid any words and therefore any concepts that might be used by those who want to launch a revolution. If words of revolution have been removed from our vocabulary, then how can thoughts of rebellion hatch in the first place? Because if they do, in Orwell's world and lexicon, that would be a thought crime. We've witnessed this kind of language assault in our own world as the media overwhelms us with doublespeak and linguistic gymnastics. Say that three times fast. Linguistic gymnastics. See? You can't do it. For four years, the media refused to call Trump a liar. Four whole years. They instead used phrases like, without evidence, falsely asserts, untruth. The word liar disappeared from the lexicon. The media would never use that word. Even today, they rarely use that word when they're writing about Trump. So when we talk about war, we talk about collateral damage instead of dead civilians. Friendly, mm. Friendly fire, right. Military intelligence. Military intelligence. <laughs> all, sorts of, all sorts of euphemisms. <laughs> the estate tax is the death tax. Yes. We throw around words like fascism and communism like we actually know what those words mean. <coughs> we turn the ego's words in on ourselves. And then we take them to heart. And so we feel afraid. We feel unworthy. 
We're constantly comparing ourselves to others and we're feeling like a failure. We're not measuring up. We compare ourselves to what the world says success looks like and we feel despair of ever reaching that. We see others happy in some way and we become envious or jealous or despair of ever finding happiness out here in the world. We injure ourselves with sharp words meant to keep us in the ego's emotional dungeon without the positive language. We need to rebel and free ourselves. We need words of loving revolution. This sickly picture of yourself, of course, says, is carefully preserved by the ego, whose image it is and which it loves, and placed outside you in the world. This world that we have co-created with one another from our ego self, it is a merciless world. And we would be right to be afraid of it if that were truly the real world. But it's not. It's one we made up collectively through our words, through our beliefs. And if that's true, then we can use our words and beliefs to recreate the world. If we're willing to swap co-creation partners from the ego to the holy. Words, of course, says in the Manual for Teachers, are symbols of symbols. And as such, they really are the ego's domain, which means the ego can seduce us into using them whenever we adjust to this world and seek to become its ruler, which is a fool's errand since the ego is the only ruler out here, ever. So instead of adjusting to this ego world, we turn the tables on the ego's language. We use it to launch a revolution in the world we can only control, and that's the one within. Have you not wondered what the world is really like? How it would look through happy eyes, a course asks. That's similar to what Michael Singer says. Your natural state is so beautiful. You are whole and complete within yourself. It simply depends on your willingness to work with your energies. And if you do your entire relationship with this world, he says, will transform into something very beautiful. Our natural state, jubilance, is one of beauty. It is one of innocence and peace and love and joy. And you don't have to adjust to your natural state of being. You just have to remember that's who you are all the time. Because that's you with a capital Y. The S, the self, the, the capital S, self. The truth of the matter is, this is everyone's natural state. But so many of us have buried it so deeply that the idea seems preposterous. We look at other people in the world and go, oh, beauty can't be what's underneath all that. <laughs> no, there's too much. Not beauty. Ah, but our true work begins there. Because if we can use the language of love and peace and joy to launch a revolution within ourselves, then we become the ones who are capable of reshaping this world into what a course calls a happy dream from which we can all wake up together. There are plenty, plenty, we have a plethora of people speaking words of hatred, fear, and division into this world right now. And we should be speaking up against them. However, it's important to recognize that everything we do is infused with which the spirit that we do it. If we are speaking against hatred, fear, and division with, a, with the spirit of hatred, fear, and division, within our own heart, that's just all we're creating. We're just creating more and more and more of it. That's why the inner revolution is so important. 
if we overthrow the power of hatred, fear, and division within ourselves in this world, then the words that we speak will come from that place of peace and joy and love, and they will have the power to heal, the power to dispel all fear, and create a true revolution of love that brings us all together, that reminds us of our inherent unity. And I know, sounds airy-fairy, sounds woo-woo. But what's the alternative? Continuing to conform to this world and use its language of hatred and fear and division? How's that working? Do you like what you've made? Want to try something different? <laughs> Maybe something we haven't really tried before? I invite you this morning then, examine your thoughts, examine your words. Are they words of empowerment? Are they words of encouragement or words of love? Or are they thoughts and words of hatred, fear, and division for yourself and others? Continuing to use the ego's new speak keeps us wedded and conformed to the orthodoxy of this world. And as George Orwell noted, Orthodoxy, he says, means not thinking, not needing to think. Orthodoxy is unconsciousness. Unconsciousness is our natural ego state of being. Being awake is our natural divine state of being. So I invite us to endeavor to remain woke in the best way of all by relating to this world out here with words of love and actions of joy and love and peace, but it begins by relating to the world in here with words and actions of love, peace, and joy. Will we do it perfectly? Of course not. No, absolutely not. I didn't do it perfectly the other night. <laughs> Beth's, Beth's son called and said, hey, you got to watch this, this Joe Rogan piece. And I'm like, are you kidding me? I'm not watching Joe Rogan. <laughs> That's sorry, son of a... No, we're not going to do it perfectly every time. <laughs> Somebody's going to call you and press a button. <laughs> I watched Joe Rogan. He was not funny. He was not funny. <laughs> but you're not going to do it perfectly every time. This is why Buddhist teacher Tara Brock, what she says is very important. When we find ourselves thinking, speaking, or writing words of hatred, fear, and division, <sighs> pause. We need a pause. Step back. Step away from the situation. <laughs> Singer calls this becoming the objective observer. We must take a moment to untangle ourselves from the ego and its mission to keep us feeling separate and divided. This moment of pause, Brock says, help us, helps us to clearly see the wants and fears that are driving us. Consciously taking that pause, she says, gives us a fundamental choice in how we respond. We can continue our futile attempts at managing our experience. Joe Rogan, are you... <laughs> Or we can meet our vulnerability with the wisdom of radical acceptance. 
If you want some new loving language to speak, there it is, radical acceptance, which simply means accepting our true state, our true state of being as innocent, beloved, originally blessed, and at one with God and everyone in every single moment, even if your name is Joe Rogan. Still a son of God, not a son of a... <laughs> Do you want to rule the world, jubilance? Start with the one within. Commit to using the language of love and joy and peace to yourself and then to others around you. Do not adjust yourself to the unconscious orthodoxy of this world. Speak and act against it, but do it from that place within where there is grace, where there is love, where there is peace and joy and radical acceptance. Orient yourselves to your higher divine self that knows you are the light of the world and so is everyone else. In this moment, jubilance, let us shine our light of love for those who cannot, for whatever reason. Let us be the ones who hold space for love in this moment so that love and only love will one day rule the world. Oh yeah. Thank you for joining us for Weekly Wisdom from Jubilee Circle. If you enjoyed the program, we hope that you'll support us by leaving a good review of this podcast wherever you download your shows. We also hope you'll support us in other ways, either by becoming a subscriber to our YouTube channel and our weekly newsletter, or by supporting us financially. You can find out how to do all of that by visiting our website at jubileecircle.com. Many thanks to Audio Coffee from Pixabay for supplying our podcast music. Join us again next week, and until then, take the words of Meister Eckhart with you. If the only prayer you ever say is thank you, that will be enough. We thank you for your time and wish you the kind of week that will leave you saying, oh yeah. <laughs>